Naysayers be damned. You can't say that anymore. That is just really, that's really inappropriate. Come on, Richard. That's absurd. I, uh, I don't like it when we agree. We're not here to disparage former UGA coaches by any, by any, well. Although we have in the past, so. Oh gosh. What does that do to your psyche, by the way? How does that screw you up? Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs, so let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Clint. Daniel, we're, we're here. We promise. We're not liars. We're here. We are not liars. Nope. Uh, second episode. Naysayers be damned. Second episode of the week. Suck it. Uh, Suck it, Trebek. Come on. <laughs> Actually, you can't. Boy, you can't. Trebek, you can't say. You right. can't say that anymore. Good. That is just really. That's really inappropriate at this point. At this juncture. Um. <clears throat> well, we're back. Uh, it, it is our midweek episode. Uh, when we just go off the rails, and uh, this is really what the podcast was founded on. Clint, I don't know what. I don't know at what point we started getting into so much news. It's when Dan Mullen got hired. At Florida, I blame him. Uh, I blame him. I don't as know well. what point we started reading all these articles on the internet, but this is really the heart and soul of what the podcast is yeah. is meant to be. Um, if you are listening and you appreciate this second episode of the week, you can let us know by leaving us a rating or a review on iTunes. Uh, that will that will help us significantly, uh, and it is a free way to support the podcast. Which who doesn't love things that are free? And who doesn't love cool. supporting things that they like? So, uh, you can do that. Uh, what do we have for the people on this particular episode, Clint? We got two big things. We continue our Mount Rushmore series. We are on defensive line this week, Daniel. Oh, Nelly. Thrilled for this one. Oh, Hello. Nelly. The big boys. Hello. The big boys. Big old the big, hog molly. The big, just... big mean dudes. Oh, gosh, I love it. Give me all of that that I can stand. Uh, so we got ourselves D-Lineman, Mount Rushmore. Daniel and I will go back and forth on that, as well as uh, we're talking about the upcoming schedule, mm-hmm. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are already looking forward to football season. Goodness, what back. month is it? It's June, Clint. I don't care, Daniel. Oh, no. I need something to get me through this listen, time. I mean, it, it seems listen, late. It's it's June, folks, and college football will be played in August. Hello. Do you understand what the words that are coming out of my mouth? So it's, what you're saying is we are in one month, there's another month, there's a, and the following month after that, there is a game that we'll watch. On the, That's what you're saying. That is correct. Uh, oh. So let's just all get our minds right. Uh, Amen. I didn't have... I, I, when we were discussing what we were going to talk about this episode and we were going to talk about some things on, on the upcoming schedule... I had to go yeah. on Google and pull up the schedule, Clint, because I don't yet have it memorized with all the dates and time. So what? this is the 
this is the confession that I'm. I, I trust that okay. this is a safe okay. place, and I'm willing is, to confess yeah, you're good here. such a thing. This is I'm not okay with this. And so, listen, dog no. fans, if you find yourself in a similar place, it's time to start getting your head right because it's time to get acquainted with this schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to try to win 13 games on this mm-hmm. schedule leading into the college football playoff, then uh, we need to we need to become familiar with it. We need to know which 13 teams we're going to be beating on our way to that, to said playoff. Uh, but before we do that, Clint, let's start with Mount Rushmore. Hey, let's start. Yeah, let's get there. <clears throat> um, defensive line, we've saved two positions kind of for the end. And I don't. I wouldn't say they're the most content. Running back, obviously, is, is going to be the next Ooh. one we cover. And that one, I would say, is the most, that's the most hotly contested. One, but de- but defensive line sneaky, sneaky, uh, loaded in terms it of really is in terms of talent. There's a lot of elite safeties uh, that have played at UGA. There's a lot of elite linebackers that have played at UGA. When you start looking at there, I would say I would be interested to get your take on this. I would say there are fewer elite defensive lineman than either of those two positions okay, but I th- so but I think there are it there's more of a plurality of defensive line I think there's more yeah there's more of an evenly bunched group of very good defensive linemen yeah on this one I mean uh when you're talking about greats you're talking about the upper echelon of the greats this D lineman, we could we could probably go six, seven deep and look at each other and shake our heads and be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, uh, and not make too much of a distinguishing factor between all of those, uh, save for one um, that that is unequivocal across the board. Uh, but yeah, it's sneaky, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. So let's let's jump in defensive lineman. Now we're 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 counting ends and tackles. We we Correct. in our linebacker spot we we went through uh, we went through all of the 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 edge rush linebackers but we're we're yeah. counting all the defensive ends in this group uh, to start on Mount Rushmore so uh, so who's the first name that you've got on your list Clint Let's go with the best that there has been through UGA and that's David Pollock. Uh, defensive line. Let me just state this. Uh, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot for a second time this year, Daniel. I'm sorry. How what? in the world for a second time this coming year? This is the is College Football Hall of Fame. For the College Football Hall of Fame. How he made it through one and wasn't put in is flabbergasting to me. I don't get it. No, that's insane. I don't understand that. I did not that's know insane. that. That's that's. I, that's he should have been a Mariano Rivera in induction. 100%er? Yeah. He should have just said give me all the votes. So David Pollock needs to go in right now this year to the uh, Collegiate Hall of Fame and the reason why Daniel uh is because he's he's one of the greatest defensive linemen in the history of college sports. Uh, uh not even, not only UGA but all of all of college football. No argument. No argument for me. Um, so he needs to get in this year. So I am, I am presuming that that happens this year, including that on my list of reasons why okay. uh, he is a three time 
All-American. Mm. Third most sacks in NCAA history. Mm. The the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not the Georgia, SEC. NCAA. Not the SEC. No. no. All of college football. Third most sacks. Uh, in 2004, he ran away with three awards. The Chuck Bednarik, the Lot, the Lombardi, all went David Pollock's way. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. Here you go. Just take them all, David. Uh, Got drafted uh, by the Bengals and famously had his uh, horrible uh, injury that limited his NFL career. Uh, But he's now made a name for himself. David Pollock is one of my favorite uh, guys to listen to on analysis. He is not just a Bulldog homer. Uh, although he represents the Bulldogs well, he is a great dude. Uh, by all accounts, everybody loves working with him. David Pollock, number one. I yeah, couldn't agree more in terms of uh, David Pollock and his uh, place on this list. I don't need to rehash any of the stats that you have laid out, but I um, I will just add. Uh, David Pollock was a big play defensive lineman. And there are not very many big play defensive linemen. Uh, he was the guy that can't... You know who I who I think is the best comp in UGA football history to David Pollock in terms of his, uh, in terms of his ability to take over a game from the defensive side of the ball? I think it's Jarvis Jones. I think David Pollock sure. and Jarvis Jones are the two biggest... Uh, just dudes that could single-handedly win you a game from the defensive yes. side of the ball. Uh, the obviously still to this day, if you go to the hallowed grounds of Sanford Stadium and you go watch a Georgia football game, and old Larry's voice comes over the PA, uh-huh. and the pregame video gets fired up, and the battle hymn starts going. You are still to this day going to see a clip of David Pollock strip sack touchdown against South Carolina. Mm. One of the greatest plays uh, from from my tenure at UGA. One of the greatest defensive plays in UGA history. Uh, but that was the kind of he made those kind of big plays all the time. Yeah. He made big sacks and big key moments of the game. Uh, David Pollock, not just a good all-around dude, but uh, a dude when it came to college football. Uh, a dude. Yep. I'm going to go to the second name on my list, and uh, and I'm going to go to another dude who was not only a nasty dude when he played at UGA, but unlike David Pollock, who succumbed to injury, this dude was a nasty dude for a long time. In the league, long time, and that's and that's Big Cat Richard Seymour. All right, Richard, yes, it is. Richard Seymour, uh, man, oh man! If you if you didn't catch this guy playing in the late nineties at UGA, uh, then you probably saw him play for. I mean, what did he do? I mean, what did he play for in the league? Like he 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 got drafted in in two thousand two thousand one. I feel like he was in the league in 2016. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden it came up like <laughs> Richard you know, Seymour. Signs of he's vet, playing of for the Colts. He's like right. he's 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 coming off the bench for the Colts on third down, right. and you're just going, yep. "Wait, wait, what, Richard? Who? Uh, 
Uh, he got kids in the league, and he's playing. He's out there. <laughs> he's out there playing. Uh, listen, let's start with the pro career. Richard Seymour is a seven-time Pro Bowler. He was a, he was the sixth overall pick in the 2001 uh, NFL draft. Uh, he's not going to be playing. He's not going to be playing uh, in the NFL anytime soon. Did you know? Because you know what he's doing currently, Clint. You know what his vocation is. What's he doing? He's a professional poker player. Come on, <laughs> come on, Richard. I had no idea. Come on, Richard. Come on, Richard. Richard uh, said, "I I was used to staring down men and making them wilt. Let me let's just make a let's make some money on that. Let me just tell you that man sitting across the table from you." Slides his chips to the middle of the table and says, "All in, like you don't take two seconds to fold that hand. I don't care what you're staring at right there. You fold that hand and you say, great, great, great play, Richard. Great.' <laughs> That's and you and you just silently just sit there, slide back away from the away from the felt. That's not what we're trying yeah. to be. Let's talk about Richard Seymour's college career. He's a two-time All SEC." Uh, he's an All-American in 2000. Uh, he had 223 career tackles. He had 26 tackles for a loss and 10 sacks. <clears throat> uh, 1999, he led the team with 74 tackles. 2000, he led the team with 78 tackles. That's from the defensive tackle position. Uh, I'm sorry, he, he wasn't a linebacker. He wasn't a safety. He wasn't a rover. He's <laughs> he, said, he has to... He said, run up the middle. <laughs> He said, I'm going to take a double team, guys. And then, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shed the double team. Because in 2000, the man the the man is a future sixth overall pick. Okay? You think he's getting double teamed to every play? Every he, single time. Every play. And, he's, and he led the team in tackles that year. Which means three dudes. He was responsible for three dudes on the offense. Two offensive linemen. And one running back, and he got them all on the ground, and he just standing Dang. there at the end of the play. Dang. I didn't know that number. That has to be one of the most impressive numbers I've ever heard from a defensive player. That's absurd. It's absurd. Richard Seymour was a dominant force. Um, <clears throat> he had a thirteen tackle game against Georgia Tech. He had three. Uh, twelve tackle games in his career. Uh, the the man was an absolute beast at UGA. So he's second on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, he is second on my Mount Rushmore as well. He is the quintessential terror up the middle. Uh, he is somebody that you don't want to mess with on any amount of time. So he is number two for me as well uh, on the list. Uh, number three for me on the list, Daniel, uh, is a guy that was could have been talked about statistically in the upper echelons as well with a whole bunch of other people, uh, but he wasn't because they didn't keep track of sacks when he played. Uh-oh. Uh, and that's Bill Stanford. We're going to the Wayback Machine. Getting going- the Wayback Machine. I don't often go in the Wayback Machine, uh, but as I researched and as I read and as I looked at stats and as I looked at players and legacy and notoriety, Bill Stanfield, Stanfield is a 66-68 two-time SEC champ, went on to play for the Dolphins, was the sack leader for the Dolphins for quite a long time, uh, was a force at UGA, 
came with such notoriety, had such a, a, an ability to dominate the line of scrimmage and get back into the backfield and be a disrupting force. And a time at which, like I said, uh, sacks weren't a thing. Um, kind of LT brought sacks into the, the common era, uh, and that was much later than Bill Stanfield. So my third bust that we are making out of granite uh, is none other than Bill for number three for me. We are three for three, Clint. I don't like where this is going. Go. I do not like where this is going. I don't like it when... I feel four for four is coming. I don't like it when we agree. Uh, But look, Bill Bill Stanfield, obviously neither of us uh, saw him play. Maybe you're a listener and you did see uh, Bill Stanfield play uh, back in the late 60s. Uh, But yeah, listen, he's a a dude. He's just a dude who uh, all SEC... Uh, three consecutive seasons while he was at Georgia. Uh, there's not a lot of people that do that. Okay, He was a consensus first-team All-American. We've already talked about That's a rare thing for UGA players. Uh, so Very rare thing. Bill Stanfield, Stanfield makes my list. Uh, so, are we going to be 4 for 4, Clint? That's the question. Who do you have at number 4 on your list? Man, Daniel. Who I have at number 4. Uh, I had to go somewhere onto the list. I had to uh, that had legacy and history within UGA, and that for me is back to the championship, 1980, uh, and that's Jimmy Payne. Uh, this kind of tweener. Every time you read about him, every time you look at him, uh, you see that he is this tweener D lineman. Uh, he is somebody that can do speed rush. He's somebody that can get physical on the inside. He's somebody that can get outside. Uh, he was a champ. Uh, he was on a team three times of 10 win seasons. Uh, he redefined the role of defensive interior lineman as well as edge guy and made the defense a better unit just because of how he played his one-on-one assignment, just like uh, Richard Seymour would take a double team and split it and make a a tackle. Uh, Jimmy Payne was a speed freak as well as a physical force. He is my last bust on Mount Rushmore. Daniel, are we four for four? Nah. Nah. Yeah, we knew it. (laughs) I'm not. Oh, Jimmy Payne, good on you, bro. It's fantastic. Love it. Love what you love what you've done. Uh, appreciate the natty. We're good. We're good there. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go that route. I'm gonna go a different route, and I'm gonna go. Uh, and I'm gonna go with the college roommate of another guy that I already have on my list. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Uh, listen, and before we before I get to that, some honorable mentions. When you want to talk about some combos, some D line mm. combos at Georgia, because there were there were several. Okay, there were several D line combos that you could have put on this list. Uh, Charles Grant and Jonathan Sullivan, man, Ooh. those two dudes on the defensive line, they could get it done. Um, but I'm gonna go with Richard Seymour's college roommate, and I'm gonna go there with we- old Marcus Stroud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Stroud also, like his roommate, was a first-round pick um, in the 2001 NFL Draft. Georgia had two defensive linemen picked in the first round in that NFL Draft. Um, Does that happen all the time, Daniel? Do those things grow on trees? Let me just say that there is a reason that uh, Mark Richt was hired the next year. Uh, because when you don't win <laughs> with... 
with those teams, when when you have two defensive line, what's the most important position in the SEC, Clint? Is I think it's that space in which you have to control the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage, Daniel. Yeah. When I you, think that's where we're not here to disparage former UGA coaches by any by any. Well, well <laughs> we, although we have in the past, so yeah. But when you don't win with that team, uh, offensive coordinator from Florida State is on his way up to Athens. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, but but back to Marcus Stroud. Uh, had a great career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> listen, but he's on my Mount Rushmore for one reason and one reason only. And do you know, do you know what it is? The, uh, what is it? Daniel? There's a photograph. There's a photograph circulating around the internet, and it is from a Sports Illustrated cover, which is awesome. You know how many how many people have been on a Sports Illustrated cover? You know what I'm saying? This. How many people were on a Sports Illustrated cover when they were 18 years old? Oh, All right, gosh. that's what does that do to your psyche, by the way? That, that is, oh, yeah. There's a lot of lot of sessions with the counselor Marcus has had since then. Uh, no, he was on the signing day edition of Sports Illustrated, and um, it's because uh, Marcus Stroud, little known fact, uh, down from the state of Florida, that's where he grew up. Mm-hmm. We won't hold that against him. Because you know no. what, he got out. He got out. You can't help where you're born. Okay, you ra- no, some you really people can't. raised in some tough circumstances. Okay, all you can do is work hard and get out. And uh, yep. that's exactly what Marcus did. And on uh, and on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Marcus Stroud's wearing a a Florida Gators sweatshirt, and he is ripping it in half to expose mm. a University of Georgia shirt underneath uh, because he. He he flipped. He was a late flip. He was, this was pre Kirby, pre Kirby, but so it wasn't anticipated. The, we didn't and we didn't know there were going to be two or three minimum each time. The flip was the flip was still alive and well though back in the day. Yeah. Uh, listen, there are two things that can get you onto Mount Rushmore so far on this. So far, we've documented one yeah. is to troll Florida. In signing day, and one is to go down to Florida and throw their national championship trophy on the ground and shatter it into a million pieces. Uh, those two things are going to get you on my Mount Rushmore. And so, Marcus Stroud, welcome to Mount Rushmore, baby. Like we're come on in, brother. We're here. Uh, he was a great player at Georgia. Uh, he was a great NFL player, but but really, just whatever we can do to troll uh, at the time, Steve Spurrier and the. Oh my gosh. The perennial powerhouse, Florida Gators, yep. was beautiful. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. It's glorious, uh, Daniel. I love it. That's our defensive lineman, Mount Rushmore. We'll be back uh, next time we do this. We'll be running backs and strap in, folks, because it's a doozy, so, as you well know. A lot as you should know. A lot of choices. On that, just all, per- all the yards. Per- it just turns out prepared. that all the yards that have ever been gained in SEC mm-hmm. come in this category. Prepare to be woefully disappointed in us for our choices because you shake shake your head a lot. There's there's going to be a lot of players that you love that get left off of our list just simply out of sheer numbers. Yeah. Uh, all right, Clint. Let's turn our attention for the rest of this episode, the next few minutes. Let's turn our attention to the yep. schedule. For this season, there are 12 games that we know that are going to happen. Well, there are 13 games that we know are going to happen. There are 12 of them that Correct. we know the opponent that we're going Correct. to play. So let's only focus on those 12 games. Let's not necessarily focus on the postseason yet. 
Uh, Let's not do that. The schedule reads as follows. At Vandy, week one, your boy is going to be in attendance. Obviously, dog fans, uh, hit me up. Come on out. Hit me up when you're in town. I'll be out at the stadium. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you call it a stadium? At Vandy? It's hard to call it. I'll be out at the... At the the open pavilion, the field, the open space, the open space, the uh, gathering place. You know, I don't know. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. The meeting pole. Yeah, uh, at Vandy, August thirty first. Which, just to recap, is not the August. next month on this calendar, but the month following. That's that's what oh, we're dealing on. with. Uh, home against Murray State. Home against Arkansas State. Home against Notre Dame at Tennessee. Home against South Carolina. Home against Kentucky, Florida in Jacksonville, home against Missouri at Auburn, home against Texas A&M, and on the flats of Georgia Tech to close the season Thanksgiving weekend. As always, Clint, I have three questions for us. Hit me. When you look at that schedule, what game are you most excited about? What game are you most nervous about? And what game... Would you caution us to not sleep on that you fear that dog fans might already be be a little drowsy when it comes to, but but we shouldn't. So let's start with what are you most excited about? What are you most excited about in terms of this, the 12 games I just listed? Uh, what everybody else and their sister and brother and mother are excited about as hotels, airline tickets, and ticket prices of the game is Notre Dame. R.I.P. if you're trying to get a hotel in Athens uh, for Notre Dame weekend. Just just my condolences to you and your family. I hope you have a car with nice leather seats that you can just recline on back because that's (laughs) the only option you got left, y'all. Yeah, correct. You could stay in in Macon, I believe. Macon has some available hotels. Right. Um, so everybody's excited about that. I am equally excited. It's going to be a giant, huge, fantastic game. But Daniel, are you deacon um, us here? You're going. You you're going I'm with a butt. You're going I'm with a butt. I'm going. But but the game that I will be up and excited for the absolute most, without a question, is going to be this. Uh, Daniel, I have a T-shirt that I have long desired and long loved to have. Uh, and I don't currently have it. I will probably be buying it very, very soon. Uh, but Daniel, um, we go to Tennessee this year. Oh, we uh, do. Oh. What, what, what happened the last time we were in Tennessee, mm. Daniel? Mm. What, what, ha- what happened, see, guys? See, what had happened was... Uh, is what a, happened? Gosh, it's been a long time on the podcast since we talked about 41 and nothing, hadn't it? It has been so long. It was, I want to talk about it every single. It was ev- week, it was every episode it. for a while. So so I am excited again. I am circled wow. that date wow. on my calendar. I am thrilled to go back to Tennessee because here's why. Scene here's of the crime. So scene of the crime. That's just that's go back that's to bold right now. That's like a serial killer who just said who's just killing people outside the police station. Just saying, hey I'm guys, saying, I'm here. What are you gonna do about it? Stop me. Uh, I'm thrilled for it. I can't wait for it. I want to go back to the ground. I want to. I want to stop him some more because I'm tired of hearing of Jeremy Pruitt's upstart program uh, and contending with us. And I want to go back in there. I want to kick him in the teeth even harder than we did the last time and embarrass them again. I love this. I love what's budding here, going back up to Tennessee and that stupid stadium and the stupid color and kicking him in the mouth. I I love this. I love this take. 
I love this take, and um, I uh, yeah, that's fantastic. That's I, that's a that is a low key game of the year type game, just in terms of how good it's going to feel to just crush them again in Knoxville. Yes. yes. How? What quarter? What quarter are we going to see the surrender cobra from Tennessee oh fans? That's gosh, this, that's the question. What quarter are we going to see Tennessee fan grouped back in with Georgia fan again, celebrating a Georgia win uh, because he can't get out of the stadium because we're just yeah encircling him, jumping up and down excitement. Goodness gracious! Uh, game I'm most excited about on the schedule is. I mean, honestly, it probably is Notre Dame. I can't I can't get yep. away from it. I can't get away from it and I'm excited about several games on the schedule but <clears throat> but the Notre Dame game is uh because it's going to be a massive stage. Okay? Oh it's going word. to the national coverage of this game is going to be um it's going to be intense. I mean pending Notre Dame doesn't go out and lose at Louisville in week one. Okay, so let's just assume and hope, Georgia fans, just hope that Ian Book yes. doesn't defecate on himself in week one and they go out and did lose you know, to Bobby Rupert, Petrino. Did you know Ian, Ian Book was not a, uh, a ranked quarterback coming out of high school? I didn't. Is he a ranked quarterback you know? now? Is he any good? I don't know. Is he? Is he good? He's uh, showing himself. I mean, sure, sure, sure he is. Uh, but assuming that's the case, both these teams locks to be undefeated going into this game. Both these teams going to be top ten preseason teams. This is good. Yep. This has a potential to be a battle of top five teams. This has a potential to be a battle of you know teams that are in the top six or seven at least. Uh, it's going to be in Athens. It's going to be one on the biggest stage nationally, and it's going to be a chance for us to go out and make an early season statement, and the stadium is going to be beyond bonkers. I just got it. If, if, I don't know who y'all are out there, Georgia fans, but uh, listen, you got to make every effort to get in this stadium for this game because this is going to be one of those games. It's going to be a night yes. game. Uh, it's going to be game day. It's going yes. to be all the things. It's going to be a huge non-conference. And going to Notre Dame and beating them was fun, especially in the manner we did. I wouldn't exactly call it fun. I would call it a heart attack of seven Losing different times. six months off my life. Right, but that's six months off the back end, Clint. You didn't even want those. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a showcase game for UGA this year. And so that is it is the game I'm most excited about. And it's got the okay. it's the one that's got all the hype, but rightly so. So rightly so. Uh which one are you most nervous about, Daniel? Uh which one am I most nervous about? Uh-huh. It might now, last be, year it, it might be the same game. It yeah. might be the same Damn game. Um, I, I don't think we're going to lose to Notre Dame. Right. 
But I look at this schedule right now, and I legitimately don't think we're going to lose to any of these teams. Okay? That's not. Correct. The team I'm most worried about is the team not currently listed on the, the schedule. So, um, I don't predict that we're going to lose any of these games. So, what I'm telling you, dog fans, is the game I'm most nervous about. And I think it's this game. And it's not because of Ian Book. And it's not because nope. of Jake Fromm. Do you know who it's because of, Clint? There's Ooh. one person that makes me nervous about this game. And you might ch- you might chuckle to yourself when I say it. But I'm nervous oh about gosh. this game because of Brian Kelly. Oh my gosh, Daniel, stop. Um, no, but listen, listen. Is the dude an elite football coach? No. No, he's not. Not at all. No, he's not. Not at all. But is he a petty SOB? Clint. That's well documented. Okay, so now, well documented, he's a petty SOB. Okay? Yes. Now, how much does he want to come to Athens and win this game? Okay? How 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 much has he spent all of last year, much less this entire off season, much less all of fall camp Stewing ig- over this. ignoring Louisville, ignoring uh-huh. New Mexico? Week two, uh-huh. and saying we're gonna get some things in place for this game in Athens. I'm just saying, Brian Kelly wants this and needs this to validate himself badly. And you yeah, get in a fight, you get in a bar fight with a desperate man, a man whose Ooh. wife just left him, a man who who has already been to jail once this month and don't mind going back. Okay. This is who we're talking about, right? That's not the guy you want to get in a fight with, okay? Because because uh, it's all it, it's all. all liable to come out, okay? All of uh, it. And so this is that's why this game makes me the most nervous, Clint. Uh, which, by the way, Daniel, uh, I think it says a lot about uh, the state that you live in that that was the analogy you chose. That's uh, it's just Tennessee, y'all. It's Tennessee, y'all. That's all. That's what we know. <laughs> That's all we know. Uh, Daniel, you're right. Notre Dame, to me, I don't have Notre Dame listed on any of these categories. And the reason I don't have it listed on these categories, it is an anomaly to me. It, it, it's our, it is going to be the most bonkers, out-of-stereotypical, out-of-normalcy game we have all year. This is going to be early on. It's going to be unranked. It's going to be all the hype. Um, Notre Dame, we don't usually play all the reasons. So to me, this is like a, a subcategory game where it's going to be, yes, anticipated. Yes. Exciting. Yes. Bonkers. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't think we're going to lose. I think it's gonna be hotly contested. I think it's gonna be a great game. Uh, but I, I just, it's so big, so different. I don't know where to put it. I don't know how to categorize it. So I'm kind of leaving it on its own off to the side. Uh, the game I'm most nervous about Daniel is a, is a team we don't often play at all. Okay, and it's a team that is late in the season, mm-hmm. when, in which attrition may be taking, in which injuries may be taking, and a team that I hate to say it, I hate to say this, but actually has some players on it, and old Jimbo has got those boys doing something. I don't know what they're doing, but it's something. Talk about petty sob. Uh, he's the same way, and that's Texas A and M. Daniel, second last game of the season. Uh, I am nervous about it because if you watched the most ridiculous overtime extravaganza in the world last year mm-hmm. which we all did playing quarter which we all did mound playing quarterback 
um, guys going up and grabbing balls. Uh, they got some recruits on the D line as well. Daniel, uh, we don't play them often. We don't know how to get eyes on them. We, you know, all these things. Uh, I'm nervous about A&M because I don't have a lot of info and because they got some players. I hear you. I'm nervous. I hear you. And um, I, I decided to go a different way, but I'll just tell you that was that was a hot choice for the for the game. I was going to encourage dog fans not to sleep on. So, uh, so the, I I I hear you. The thing that makes me a little bit easier about that game is the fact that you referenced that that forty overtime uh, game. Who was the best player in that game for Texas A and M? It was not the quarterback. Okay. Uh, no, that wide receiver. Cat. It was cat out wide receiver, and he he gone. Okay, so uh, that's that's there's a little bit of a of a of a resting easy. But listen, they Texas A&M always recruits well. They always have talented always. teams. There's not a joke. It's not a fluke that they beat Alabama. You know, uh, every now and again, it's not. Yeah. That's not like just Johnny Manziel, and that's it. Like they 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 recruit well. They have talented teams. Jimbo is a better coach than than what's his face, yeah. uh, and which is just a sad reality that I literally How don't know what his name is. Uh, no, I, as you shouldn't. It's, he's just it's forgotten. It's moved on. Not relevant. He's still out of Arizona. Just running the I rich. So. He's Rich Rod Junior now. Basically, uh, That's, yeah. Someone, someone is Rich Rod Junior over rich there. Rich Rod Junior. Um, I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say this game makes me a little bit nervous, but not, uh, but not enough. And, and and I hope you're not sleeping on that game, Georgia fans. No, please don't. I please hope don't you're not. What game? What game are we sleeping on that we shouldn't be sleeping on, Daniel? Now listen, again, I'm gonna get. There's no way to not get ridiculed almost for this category, okay? Because I'm not predicting we're gonna lose this game again. Okay. Okay. I am not. Last year. You might recall, I uh-huh. said, "Don't sleep on the Florida Gators." Okay, <laughs> you did. Okay, and but Clint, let me ask you a question: Did we sleep on the Florida Gators? We did not. No. So, so message received. That's the Daniel. Thank that's you. all I'm thank trying you to say. For your PSA announcement to us. That's I all I'm trying that. to say. I didn't. The fact that we beat Florida by three scores does not mean that I was wrong in saying don't sleep on the Florida Gators. Not at all. No. Okay. All right. So. Now, bear with me. Bear with me because things about to get weird. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Clint, I'm going to say don't sleep on South Carolina at home you did it. on October 12th. You okay. did it, Daniel. Last year, I was about to bring this up. Last year, I was nervous as all nervous can get out about that game, and you were dissuading me, saying, "Don't even worry about yep. it. Ain't gonna be a thing." That was the this game. This year, you and, were... and and Clint was I right? That game was a joke. Did a we joke. absolutely steamroll them? We absolutely did. Hundred percent. So maybe it's time to just give your boy a little bit of credit here and say, okay. uh, this year. And here's why I say this, because I know for a fact there's not a single Georgia fan that's nervous about South Carolina at home on October 12th. Not a single fan listening to this podcast thinks that we have a 1% chance of losing this game. Okay? Will Muschamp is a joke. Jake Bentley is a fluke and a imposter. Who who is he bribing to keep getting eligibility? He's on his ninth year. 
of eligibility. His dad is still the running backs coach on the team. He will be fired as soon as Jake Bentley runs out of eligibility because the only reason he was hired was to get Jake Bentley to sign there. Uh, But listen, you've got a fourth-year quarterback. Uh, You've got a tough-minded head coach who knows how to play in these types of games. You've got a coach that knows Kirby. I'm just saying, if Georgia comes off the road at Tennessee the week before, let's say we win 38-3, to okay? And, and then we're home for two weeks, and the opponents are South Carolina and Kentucky leading up to the Florida game with a bye week thrown in there. If this team comes off the road flat-footed, I'm saying at halftime, this game could be way too close. Slash maybe not even looking like it's not even on the right side. At halftime, the people in Sanford Stadium at this noon SEC Network kickoff or whatever we're going to be dealing with are could be fuming about what we're seeing. Don't sleep on this game. Let's just let's put them away early. Don't sleep on that game. Daniel, I had two nominees for this category, and uh, South Carolina was the second. I didn't go with it. I am, again, nervous for this game. You went with Murray, Murray State Week 2. Murray <laughs> State Week 2. On, I mean, ESPN2. When you're on ESPN2, you got to show up, and it's really embarrassing. I mean... Todd Blackledge, Taste of the Town. We never know where oh, he's going to go. Golly, Todd Blackledge. <laughs> I for, we got to have a whole segment power yes. rankings of the worst announcers that oh. we have ever heard. We could go for days. Hundred percent. Todd Blackledge. I'm adding it to the is, list right now. Yes, thank you so oh. much for doing that. Uh, no, Daniel, this game uh, is another sandwich game between two other heated rivals. Okay. It is later okay. on in the season. It is also at home, mm-hmm. and that is Mizzou. I see you. Do not sleep on that Missouri game and has nothing to do with Missouri. It has zero to do with Missouri. I don't care about Missouri. It has the fact that it is coming off Florida and before Auburn and it is late in the season and there's going to be stuff on the line and it's going to be, talk about another early kickoff probably or some forgotten game that we're going to have to find only on ESPN streaming services or something like that. Uh, Please don't overlook this sandwich game. Yes, it is at home, but don't look to Auburn and don't be coming down off of the cocktail party. Uh, please don't do that, Georgia. Just just take care of that stupid tiger, uh, the most ridiculous mascot that mm. Daniel's ever seen. Well documented. On, on the court. Just my sewn together out of my great aunt's doilies. That yes. tiger. <laughs> that uh, tiger is, is the most disgusting, vomit-riddled dumpster fire that you could find uh don't do it i'm i don't sleep on it please kelly bryant though i mean missouri you said it has nothing to do with missouri like who knows what kelly bryant at at mizzou is going to look like like we no no one we don't don't say you know no he could he could be just crushing it in a new offensive system because he's the only player and they're going to tailor it made just for him he's the Uh, yeah i mean absolutely you do you remember last year they had these uh, two tight ends that they just flexed out as a wide receiver at mm-hmm. times and they yeah. kept in line? Oja Boja Hoja Roger. Yeah, I believe was one of their names. <laughs> it was like it was like Persia Brasha 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 from Alabama. Alabama. This, this yeah. Guard. Uh, yeah. yeah, these cats are giant 
uh, seam-catching tight ends, wide receivers, who we didn't stop for most of that game. And that game was infuriating the first two quarters, watching them do whatever they wanted, catching the ball on us. So uh, they're back, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, don't sleep on don't sleep on Mizzou. I, I wholeheartedly support that that prediction. We're going to go a little bit more in depth into a lot of these teams on the schedule as we lead up to the season. Wanted to give you our our ten thousand foot bird's eye view thoughts of the season uh, here. So <clears throat> we will be back. Uh, quick programming note: uh, mm-hmm. Clint's about to be on uh, vacation, just gallivanting around uh, the world because that's the kind of lifestyle he lives. That's and, how I roll, y'all. And so, fifty foot yachts ain't nothing to me. <clears throat> so normally, as we said, our Monday episode is going to be a news centered episode, but for the next right. two weeks, our Monday and midweek episodes are all going to be uh, this style of episode because we're going to have to pre-record them and get them out and get them ready to be released. Uh, periodically throughout the next two weeks so just know that if if some breaking news happens in the next two weeks uh we will be seeing it but we will not be talking about it on the podcast so just if somebody does something stupid or if dan mullen lights his hair on fire and runs out at a press conference to distract from what's happening and his program we won't be able to laugh at it with you until a few weeks from now when 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 we're back uh, live, but there will be episodes for the next two weeks. We'll have Mount Rushmores and power rankings and all sorts of conversations about the upcoming season recorded for you. So, uh, yep. have a great weekend, and we will talk to you guys later. Catch you then.